This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right. Well, I have one of my very favorite people with me today as we really come to, unbelievably, the end of the first month, which is stunning to me. Um, and as we really start the planning and going forward, and I can't think really of a, a critical topic, which is what we're diving into, which is really about really e- exceptional, um, exquisite, unique, off-the-wall, quirky, emotional, grabbing the reader by whatever writing. So with me is Anne Randolph, who I had the pleasure of knowing for a gazillion years, uh, but also working with her. She's an author herself and writing both fiction and nonfiction. She is a muse for so many authors to take them to the next level that they hadn't even uh, envisioned that would come about. So she's the creator of what's known as Kitchen Table Writing. She inspires authors to find their authentic voice, and her workshops can be found in the greater Denver area as well as you may find her on a plane on a way to a national conference, including the Screenwriters Conference in Santa Fe. She's received grants from the National Endowment for the Arts and has worked at the English National Opera, the New York City Opera, as well as London, Italy, and Amsterdam. And what brings the value that Anne does is she really, in the writing, she gets multiple cultures, multiple voices, and that's so important when you're working with any type of writing coach. Her best-selling book, Stories Gathered at the Kitchen Table, a collection of women's memoirs, it can be found on Amazon.com, and uh, and those stories came from around the kitchen table that she uh, orchestrated. So with that, Anne, great to have you on Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. Well, I'm just delighted to get to be here. I just finished one of our classes at our kitchen table, and uh, I'm excited to be able to tell you about some of the things that we do. Well, we will dive into them over the hour, but that, you know, one of the techniques I've always loved, because I've taken, as you know, a couple of your workshops, and that uh, you have uh, kind of really kick off and you start with what's called practice writing. And I think one of the challenges that a lot of authors do is they think they need to, when they sit down and start writing, it needs to be perfect. So what's practice writing? Well, number one, practice writing is not being perfect, to let yourself write <laughs> there as you go. bad as you can possibly write it. You know, it's so funny with writers, uh, we, we think that we can just sit down and write a novel. We can sit down and just write a book. 
And the salsa dancer would never say that. The ballet dancer, the violinist, they would never say, I'm just going to get up on the stage and start playing a concert. And they spend years and years of practice. And so it's kind of a new concept for writers to realize that you you really want to practice and warm up with your writing. In fact, in our workshop today, we did a writer's warm up, and that was good. People read what they wrote. And then when we did the next writing, people had warmed up. It's like running a marathon. You don't just start running across Boston, you warm up and you do stretches and you get ready to write. And Mm -hmm. so practice writing is what you do before you do your writing. Mm -hmm. I always view it as it's it's the way to start getting your brain kick-started and you start in the flow. And I know as someone who was speaking on the platform for over three decades that when I did a repeat workshop or a back-to-back talks, I can guarantee that my second talk was always better because I had practiced. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's like a pianist. A pianist does the scales, they play chords, and then they start practicing what they're going to perform on stage. So I totally mm-hmm. believe that your second workshop is going to be a lot better than your first because you have you've warmed up, you've got the energy flowing, you've uh, got all the the muses are beginning to kick in and you are uh, getting ready to run that marathon. And, and and that's really what you can do and you get it going and uh, you know, I do some exercises when I do my um, how to write a workshop in for or how to write a book in four weeks and that there's just a couple of things i mean i it's i call it this this is low integrity writing i don't care what you do i'm going to give you three words you get to use those kind of things i have a whole grid for 28 days they get to pick three words blindfold pull it out and just write just write 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 and use them um, and then we'll get into the meaty stuff but it really is a good loosening up, and I and I don't think writers slash authors get how really essential it is that will make them a better writer. Well, I love the term loosening up, and you really need to get started with the writing. Uh, your idea of the three words is a terrific idea. I always begin uh, with opening lines, and so I give mm-hmm. people uh, a suggestion of what to start writing, and I give them that opening line, and they start filling in the blank. And then you, your energy is going, and you do. You get warmed up with it. You know, you know the joke about uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? The, there's a man, uh, a tourist in New York, and he's wandering mm-hmm. down the street, and he finally flags a taxi cab, and he says, excuse me, sir, can you tell me how to get to Carnegie Hall? And the answer is practice, practice, practice. 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 And I think that's from the New Yorker. Writing. I think that cartoon was originally in the New Yorker Absolutely. a gazillion yeah. years ago. So, so that number one technique of being a really good writer is that practice technique that Anne's talking about. And I absolutely, totally support that. Number two, I'm going to just throw in number two, is you read other writers and authors works and you stop and you chew over those paragraphs that just are singing to you and really ask what did they do here and break it up i mean i'm always amazed you know when i see really great writing i love to study it 
Absolutely. And they, they say the best writers are the writers who read, those who read a lot. And it's osmosis. You're reading, and I think you should read great writers. You should also read cheap writers and see, you know, what mm-hmm. they're doing and how they're making a lot of money by doing cheap writing. And uh, but but it, you you pick up the rhythm. You know, another technique is copying, and that is to sit down with some great book and start copying literally what that writer wrote, and you start picking up that rhythm. Uh, so you can write. You can write. Um, Herman Melville's books. You can write Moby Dick just by sitting and copying Moby Dick. And it will make you better. I, I think that's what all of our listeners need to appreciate. When you do that and you're, you're um, really imitating a master, you know, when you're, you're, when you're picking that up, there's, there's lots of things that are going on in your brain, in your eye movement, in your hand, your arm, your body movement as you go through that. I mean, that's what I believe anyway. Well, and that falls right in line with with my second principle, and that is that you write by hand. Now, those of us who love our computer, you must have a computer. You must do all of your second phase work on the computer. But I strongly believe that writing by hand is the best way to access material that you're not going to get on the computer. You are accessing a different side of your brain when you write by hand. So, Anne, what's data is out there to support that? Because, I mean, I have said those things, and I have actually uh, moaned and groaned about the fact that kids are not learning cursive handwriting anymore, which to me, I think that's a tragedy. But, uh, you know, I've always believed that there truly is a brain, hand, heart connection. And Well, I mean, you nailed it. What, it is yeah. truly brain, hand, heart. And the reason that writing by hand works so well is really a biophysical reason that your hand is the closest to your heart. And therefore, that energy comes from your heart and out your hand through your pen onto the page. I also believe that people need to write fast, that when you're doing practice writing, you don't think. You can think tomorrow, you can think in the afternoon, but when you're doing your fresh writing, you just want to keep that hand moving. And that's really the third principle. You keep the hand moving. You keep that pen going. So you can say silly things, stupid things, and then sometimes really great, fantastic things come out of your hand. Well, I, I, I don't know if you remember the time that I was in your workshop. Absolutely. And, and, and I, we were doing the speed writing, and I can't remember your opening line. About, maybe it was it had something like, I'm sorry or something, and I can't remember on it, but I ended up comparing only... publishing to prostitution. Do you remember that? Absolutely. It was, it was <laughs> one of my great memory moments. <laughs> and, and for our listeners, here's what I said. I mean, I, along these lines, that I felt that prostitution had more integrity than, than traditional publishing, that, that the women of the night would tell you what you were going to get, how much it would cost, and what the time it would take to do it in. <laughs> Is that about right, Anne? Did I get that right? And use, and use a lot of imagination doing it, right? It's oh, 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 yes. I, I did let my imagination run with me. But, you know, that's the beauty, I think, 
Um, when you are writing, you know, you let your head, you let the analytical side go and you let the creative juices and off the wall and the quirky and the wild stuff just come out of the blue and you just let it flow, which that hand speed writing um, does. And a lot of times I don't see it because that there's a different, I also think that there is a different visual that comes into play because when you're on a computer you are looking for editing for misspellings to texting you see those red lines come up and you're you know you get stop 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 where that is just not an issue when you've got a pad of paper and you're just especially for the warm-up i mean i i just absolutely believe that all right with me is ann randolph she is one hot uh, author and writing muse and we're talking about kitchen table writing but really how to take your writing and your authoring and publishing to the next next level i'm judith bryles it's author you your guide to publishing this is your guide to book publishing Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Give your book the best shot at getting buzz before it's even released. JKS Communications has been leading the book publicity industry for more than a decade. From producing some of the earliest book trailers to recently creating what Shelf Awareness calls the world's longest book tour, our team of publicists work tirelessly smart and with the goal of getting you the best attention possible. Our family of publicists come from journalism and publishing backgrounds with great experience and a passion for books. And our family of authors all across the globe are supportive of one another. We read your book and talk to you to understand your goals and lifestyle before sending you a proposal. We only represent books and authors that we believe in. Let's get going. Go online at jkscommunications.com. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. First impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. 
and your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Anne Randolph. She is the author of the best-selling book, Stories Gathered at the Kitchen Table, a collection of women's memoirs. And it's certainly available under Amazon, the author Anne Randolph, who is also one of the best writing coaches and muses I know out here. And we were talking during the break about finding the right sweet spot, the sweet time uh, for you to really go for that. So, Anne, let's just jump off of that. Because right. it's good, to, in my opinion, it's different for everybody. It's different from everybody, but everybody needs to find that right time, the right time to write. For me, early, early morning works very best for me. Uh, I think early morning is really, really important because you are still in that sleepy mode, that sleepy time mode. The subconscious is still at work. You don't have a lot of facade in the way. Uh, you haven't answered the telephone. You haven't looked at the newspaper. You haven't seen what the, what the news is going on. You, have, you haven't even checked your email, which I think is an important part. Uh, so for me, I get up extremely early, and I try my best to fix my coffee and to sit and to do my writing. And the brain is clear, and uh, all kinds of imaginative things come up for me at that time. You know, I do uh, my blogs and that early, uh, often the early, early time. I may be writing. I know when I'm deep into when a client's books that I'm working on, you'll find me at it at four, four in the morning on. And I'll, I'll, I'll just, uh, just pound away for maybe four hours um, and getting up to refill tea. But I really do because you're right. There's no interruption. You don't have any outside noise. Uh, you can enjoy, if you see it, the sun coming up. <laughs> No, absolutely. And the colors in the sky, fantastic. Yeah. So you have all those accents out supporting you. And I think also that you're right on. Stay away from social media during this time, unless your writing is involved in that, which, as I said, is a lot of times I can pound out several blogs um, in one swoop because I don't have any outside interference um, coming and, in, so there's a there's a different type on. of concentration, and I love what you said about the sleepiness is still there. So well, you're you're right close to the subconscious, and you haven't put on that everyday facade. We all go out into the world, and we have a personality that greets the world. 
But when we're writing, we want to find our core, and we want to write out of our true, authentic self, who we really, really are. And particularly in fiction, you want to be able to tap into those fears and those scary things and those things that are boogie, boogie, frightening moments. (laughs) Exactly. So, so we're going to. So, one of the principles is you need to find your sweet spot, and for you know, for that early time when you're soloist. But, but I also say, you know, that I have many authors who excel when they get into a, a, a coffee shop environment. And they've right. written their books or they, they're commuters, they're on a train or whatever it is. But the thing is to find it and you need to keep going back to it so it gets reinforced and, and you have it and, and, and don't lose it. And, and again, what works for you may not work for your other writing pals and what and works for them may not work for you. Uh, a writer I know writes really well in coffee shops, and what uh. he's done is he has put coffee shop sounds on his phone, and so he can be anywhere. He can be in a bus station. He can be uh, sitting at the library, which might be too quiet. He can be sitting uh, in a bar, which might be too loud, and he listens to his coffee, coffee shop sounds, and that puts him in the writing mode. Now, I know mm. you love to write with water around you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, always, I almost always have water going on around me. Or during the winter months when you have less of those options, let's just say, because as you know, my my backyard environment has a couple of fountains going. I have a big pond in there and those kind of things. Or um, that I, I often will start and finish a book on a cruise that just had a whole environment. I can just settle in and I can pound. It is unbelievable what I can almost vomit out um, during that time. So that what's worked for me. It may not work for you. And I think that's what's really important to understand. I love the idea that he has um, uh, taped those sounds so he can always carry them with him. That's a great idea. So for me, it would never work. I can tell you the last thing for me to settle into would be in any type of coffee shop because I have such a squirrel factor. It's like, my God, I would be watching everybody. <laughs> which, which is great for writing. That. You can take notes on what everybody looks like. When, when I write, I, I work in silence. And so I, I don't want any background noise. I don't want to be listening to music. I, I want to have complete silence. And sometimes that's really hard to find. That's why 5 a.m. is a good silent time for writing for me. Mm-hmm. That would be. So uh, you could work in a library where that probably wouldn't be my spot because I actually, I like sound and I like color. I like a lot of color around me. Um, so, uh, I, you know, that's not a distraction. What's a distraction is movement. Uh, when, I, you know, that when people are moving or things are moving, all of a sudden I want to know, why are they moving? <laughs> so. so you have the curiosity of a fiction writer. You, you watch the people in the coffee shops. You want to know why people are moving. And you've got a story already written for you. Mm-hmm. Which yes, is one but... of the theories that I, that I have. For anyone who is writing, and actually for anyone, the genius of our writing is already there. We are a genius in our writing. And then all we have to do is get out of our way so that genius can be there. And so what techniques 
would be to get out of the way. Besides finding that sweet spot, finding that sweet time, writing with your your heart in your hand. What other what other techniques allow for that genius to bubble out? One of the really most important things, and I say this before every writing class, is to check the critic at the door. So many mm. times when we're writing, we're we are trying to edit. We're trying to uh, to overcome something. We're saying, "Oh, this isn't any good." I also say when you're writing free writing that you don't cross out when you're writing. If you're writing something and you really know this might not work and or it may be too personal to share, what I do is I slap that kind of writing into parentheses. So I know I might want to go back and work on it, but I don't want to put cross out at the time because it puts negative energy on the, on the page. So I'll check the critic at the door is a huge and important thing. Now, the critic we need in the afternoon when we're doing our editing, you want to invite that critic to come back in to help you edit that page. But when you are creating and trying to get to that genius, you don't worry about that critic. He has to stay outside. You don't want him around at all. Exactly. And and that could be your it's 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 not just the critic. That critic can become your saboteur in your midst and you don't even realize it. Well we know someone that I'm talking to right now who has a book called Sabotage. <laughs> and so absolutely I know about sabotage. Absolutely. Right. And exactly. and I have another book called Why you know, Stop Stabbing Yourself in the Back. And that absolutely. critic is a backstabber. Also they'll stab you in the front. But that it 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 really creeps up uh, almost subtly, and you don't even realize you're doing it on that. And so it, it's just so important. Well, it is indeed, and that that's one reason why all of my workshops are all positive based. That we do not say, "Oh, this would be better if you did such and such and such." Instead, we point out what the writer has done well. And a way to get to that genius is to know what the genius is doing really well. Now, there is a time and a place for there to be criticism of your work and for analysis of your work. But when you're trying to touch that genius, you want to nurture the genius. And you want to, it's, it's, like, a, it's like luring a little kitty cat that's wild, that's outside of your house and trying to get that little, little bitty creature to, to come and taste the milk that you're going to give to him. So you want to lure that genius and nurture the genius. And so we always say, we always say, what did the writer do well? I also believe if you know what you're doing right, you can do that over and over again. Exactly. And that's what you want to reinforce. So, so that's just don't sabotage yourself and park, park. Maybe you need a post-it note. And, you know, I'm a big believer in sometimes you have to have reminders um, I have up there. signs all uh, over my studio. I believe <laughs> like, exactly. I one of my um, I taught a workshop last weekend on how to how to create a a successful book launch, and literally one of the keepers and I've had more keep uh, more people, and it's actually found in my uh, snappy sassy salty book on quotes that I did. But Which is, is don't way, do well what you have no business doing. Don't do well what you have no business doing. And you know what? If you're not the master editor of all time, you know, 
you have someone else come in, and you should anyway. And and the other one is, if you never say yes, your no's are worthless. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And with this is Ann Randolph, and we're going to come back with more principles and hot tips on how to keep you going. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 3226 1106Design. When Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972, they believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing question. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Okay, so hot writing comes from raw writing. And that's what Ann Randolph is all about, to really get you to a level where you really, you hadn't even imagined. So if we talk about, you were talking about timed writing. And let's get a little bit more into that. The, you know, the beginning, the middles, and the ends. How would you use that with, with, with fiction, nonfiction? How do you grow that craft side of it, Anne? Well, I think timing your writing is a hugely important. 
And every time I sit down to write, I will say I'm going to warm up to 15 minutes. I set my kitchen clock on my stove for 15 minutes. I sit down and write. When it mm-hmm. when the buzzer rings, then I know it's time to wrap up the piece that I'm just working on. And you can do that writing uh, five minutes at a time. You can do that writing uh, 45 minutes at a time. But there's a real pleasure for time writing. Number one, since you've set your timer, you don't have to worry about the time anymore. You can just delve into the writing. The second thing is if you know that you're going to write for 20 minutes, your body knows what 20 minutes feels like, and your body will give you a natural beginning, middle, and end. If you haven't completely gotten to the end by the 20 minutes, when you hear that chime, your body will completely close out that piece. And so you, so because of time writing, you have a natural art to your work. Uh, there's a, a mm-hmm. wonderful writer, uh, writing coach named Roberta Allen, and she has a book called uh, Fast Fiction. And her theory is that you can write an entire novel by writing in five-minute segments where you just sit and write five minutes. Five minutes will give you about a page and a half of work. But what the ideal is, is that you have an arc to each of those little segments of time. Mm-hmm. And, and that will do that. And, and it's doing that. a so, great way to and, warm and I, up. Yeah, and I, and I do love it when you get so into your writing that um, all time disappears. It's It's like it's on hold. And then you realize... Oh my God! Where did? How did it get to be ten in the morning? I thought I started at five. And, you know, you because you so you're so engrossed in what you're doing, which is your sweet spot. You're in the sweet zone. Well, and it's in the zone. You you have allowed your genius to seep into that writing zone, and you are literally in a different world. Mm-hmm. That can also put you into that visual world where you are seeing your writing like you're watching a film. And so if, if you are seeing the film in your brain, all you have to do is write down what you see. You don't have to think up anything because you are looking at the movie in your mind and you are just taking dictation. You're writing down what the characters are saying to each other and what's sitting in the junkyard and what's in the back seat of that car. And, fact, and that's I what's really people, critical. So I love that. And then I tell people who want to, to only write by computer, because there's some people that just don't feel comfortable writing by hand. I still say you need to do it. But if you really feel like you can only write by computer, I suggest that you not look at the screen when you write, but you look mm-hmm. above the screen and you create a movie in your mind above that screen. So when you're doing that, um, and, and, and here's the other thing, I mean, people who are dictating, because I mean, I've dictated several books. Um, when you're dictating, and if you're using a, a program like Dragon, and there's certainly a lot of others out there, but when you're doing that kind of thing, that if you are watching the screen, number one, it's going to stop you down because you're reading. <laughs> it's going to exactly. stop you down. And it will halt the creative juices, I think, in a nanosecond. So I tell people, don't look at the screen. You stay away from it. Exactly. And also when you're looking at the screen, you want to correct. 
And in, in mm-hmm. all my classes, I say uh, save spelling, grammar, punctuation for another day. Do not worry about any of those things. You just write because the mistakes you make can be the genius creeping in. I always use the story about, uh, about weight that uh, sometimes I, I write and I say, I'm worried about my weight. And when I looked at the page, what I wrote was W-A-I-T. I'm worried Ah. about my weight. And there was the genius that I was telling myself to slow down, to wait, to take things one little bitty step, to see Mm -hmm. what's going on. And, and, And that's where the story was. It was a story about W A I T weight. Uh, nothing to do with old poundage. Nothing to do with that. We can make an entirely different <laughs> oh, story, but for yeah. sure. Uh, 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 you know, as a woman, I appreciate that. <laughs> great. Great. Okay. Great. Right. So, you also, um, I, I've heard you say about communities that it's really important to have a, 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 a supportive, a, a nourishing community. Where do you find these people? Or are we talking about people? Are we talking about pets? Are we talking about environment? What are we talking about? Well, you know, we're actually talking about everything. When, since we're dealing with the genius, the genius needs to feel safe. And one needs to feel safe in the very space where you're writing. So, so you can start off by setting yourself and setting your writing space. And there are a lot of techniques to that, to uh, put a circle around the space where you're writing. There are a lot of rituals that can make a safe space uh, to light a candle when you write, uh, to have a very special tea. For me, it is decaffeinated Earl Grey. If I drink Earl Grey tea with a little bit of uh, cream in it, uh, I can write. And without that, I, I, I could probably go into writing salesmanship and, and try to sell Earl Grey tea. But a safe mm. place is really important. And it's also important to be around people who are safe. A lot of times there can be groups and where the group is really not productive and where it, it becomes a study of group dynamics as opposed to people really trying to support each other in their writing. So I think that people need to be careful when they're selecting who they're writing with. It might be one writing partner. It might be a writing partner that you email material to, and they email material back to you. Uh, And it's another reason why in my writing groups we are positive-based, because then we don't get into criticism and we don't get into that group power. What we get into is listening to what someone wrote and reflecting what they wrote and letting them know what moved you and what you heard. So a positive mm-hmm. group, I think, is, is hugely important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, 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 I want to make a comment about writing groups. It's, it's, it's really important to look closely that when you are in a writing group to really determine is there a purpose in the writing group besides just writing. Because some, and, and, and as you know, that you've got some people who are in your writing groups who come in because they just love to, they, they, number one, they love the break. I think they love the creativity that allows them. That, that It's almost like a, um, I get to go play and I get a timeout here. 
Um, and you have other people who really have a, a direct purpose that I'm trying to create something to move it to, uh, w- whether it's to pitch it, to publish it, to fill in the blank. And that I found a lot of group. You have you have to make sure that the group you're synergistic. Maybe is what I need to say that that your purposes of being within the group are synergistic with what the group is about. Would you agree or disagree or take it to a different level for me here? No, I, I completely agree. And uh, so much of sharing your work in a group is about not only being heard but respecting what you hear. In that group. And one thing that draws people together in a writing group is the support that they find from other writers and that key line of being heard. We live in such a society where, where, uh, you know, we text everything and we do everything so fast that we're not really hearing what's going on in the core of somebody's heart. And I always say that's the only thing that a reader cares about. They only care about what is going on with that particular character? What is happening in their heart? Uh, and that's the good things. That's the things that are challenging. That's uh, all level of things. But, but we really have to be honest with our work. And uh, that's why I talk about writing authentic, that you want to be really who you are, not who you are when you're the facade out in the community, but when you are at ease with yourself who are you? What do you have to say? How do you feel? What's going on with you? And and the interesting thing is what's going on with me is often the same thing that's going on with someone else, and that's how we connect with our writing. Okay, and, and so uh, I, I think that, that, that you've given a lot of really good core things to, to do to really keep it pitched. So let's, let's jump in um, to the other things. So that you talked early at the beginning of the show about some of the start lines. Okay. And, um, and, and so what are the, some of those key ones, uh, or maybe we're going to take another break here, but let's get this started. What are, get started on the star lines. What are some of the key lines that you like to encourage your students to use? I, I love lines that tap into yearning. Uh, so I like to use lines like, if only she could have. I never thought. What I really want to mm-hmm. say is, if it mm. hadn't. That kind of line where we're not just saying, you know, I went to town, but we're, we're really tapping into if I hadn't gone to town, then such and such might happen. And it's the yearning inside a character that once again connects with your reader. So, so that really works with the fiction aside. And, and, of course, I always think that good nonfiction people know how to write stories, too. But let's jump into that. We're going to be right back. We'll take our final break. And Randolph is with us. She is the genius behind Kitchen Table Writing. And you can find her website, kitchentablewriting.com. I'm Judith Bryles, the book shepherd, and it's Author You, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. 
You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need The Book Shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. So it's often been said to be a really good writer. You have to first produce a million words. So I think what Ann Randolph, our expert, is saying, okay, this is where we're going to start. So Ann, sometimes you you do a, have people do a pledge that they're going to make a commitment to write. So how, how do you start that off, and what's the components of that? Well, I do something that I call uh, write at home, where where I uh, get people get people to write, but they only report to me about what they've written. Uh, but I think it's really important to find that time to writing. And if you make a pledge to yourself that you're going to write every day for 30 days, you are setting up a habit in the writing. And in mm-hmm. 30 days, you, you, you get into a pattern of, of your work. Um, I, I think when people make that pledge, you can pledge that you're going to write 15 minutes every day. You can make a pledge that you're going to write 45 minutes. I mean, you're the one that decides 
how much time you're going to write. But people often say, I don't have the time. Well, you don't have the time because you're not setting the time. And so if you make a commitment to yourself and put it on your calendar and say that I'm writing, it doesn't even have to be every day, that I'm mm-hmm. writing every four days, every four days out of the week, three days out of the week, and I'm writing for an hour, and you put that in your calendar, it's just like any other meeting that you have, that you have a commitment to yourself to write for that amount of time. And, and then and what I you say with that, say. that you really say naturally when you have that time commitment, your your mind, your body, your hand really gets it that you're going to have a kind of a beginning, a middle, and an end to this? Well, absolutely. And, and you are, are saying this is the first task that I will do. This is my priority task, that I will do this before I do any other any other project. It's also really important to take breaks when you're writing. Uh, quite honestly, my agent says, write for 20 days and then take 10 days off as a break. Write for another 20 days and take another 20 days off. And he will map out the entire year of when you write, when you take a break. And it really is important because you write, and then if you take that little break, you come back with fresh eyes looking at what you the material that you've done. And also, rather than running a book for 10 or 12 years, if you make a commitment that I'm going to write for 20 days, Act 1, you finish it, and then you take your break. Act 2, you finish it and take a break. And so it's it's a really great way to stay uh, refreshed and nourished through this whole writing process. Well, you know, another side of that is that when I purposely step away I am, and given my permission, self-permission to break, that I am always um, wonderfully surprised how things drop in that absolutely tie with what I'm writing. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it, it's like I gave it permission, and when I might be working so hard to try to bring things in, that it's kind of like on the outskirts, and you say, you know, if you just leave us alone, we'll come in the door. <laughs> if you just leave well, us exactly. Alone. And you want to give yourself time to fill the well, because when you're writing, you are expending and you are giving your energy to another source, and you want to replenish that you want to go to an art museum, you want to go to a movie, you want to take a walk in the park, uh, you want, I use the term incubate, you want to let your work mm-hmm. have a chance to incubate. So when people say, I'm not writing right now, that's not what you're doing. You are actually incubating on the material that you're about to start writing. And and, and that's what it is. So an incubation takes a long period of time. It's It's just not a... You know, it's just like it's a gestation, and 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 I, I had uh, 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 one of my clients who they are just just ready to birth. I mean, we the we will have the proof back on Saturday of their book, oh, and he's a, he's an ER doc, and he said, you know, you were right. You know, basically, we're at eight centimeters. We're just at the final push on this baby on birthing it. <laughs> And so. it's surprising and amazing that it does take time to put together a book. I mean, uh-huh. even if it's a six-week yeah. book, it takes some time. Uh, no question about that. All right, so since we're in our, our, our final little phase here, I'd like to quickly kind of kiss 
your uh, 10 rules of table writing. I mean, we've been talking in and around them, but let's kind of just flow through, which is where we opened We opened our hour with how important it is to just kind of uh, let, you know, let the heart, the hand um, do the writing in your pen. So it's in hand. So number one is let the pen do the talking for you. And a lot and of people, the, so yeah. you're kind of just letting it go. How's that work? Absolutely. It, it's, the, it's the pen that's doing the work. You get out of your way and let the, let the pen be the one that flows. I laugh because, uh, because one of, of my uh, students was in a class and there was a gentleman and he actually, when he read his material, he broke into tears and, and was a little embarrassed uh, that, that he had broken into tears. And he held up his pen and he said, it's the pen's fault. And I love that line because all of our writing, it's the pen that does it. We don't do it. It just comes and flows through us. And the second one I say is be present. Be present in the now that you are not blotting out who you are. And so, therefore, if you're writing and, and you're getting to something that's kind of, uh, kind of worrisome or irritating and you think if this is the perfect time to get up and get your coffee, what you want to do is to stay in the chair and keep riding through that difficult time. So you want to be mm-hmm. present in the now. And, and, and put it in the now, exactly. Exactly. All right. And All right. whatever comes up, you want to put mm-hmm. on the page. So it might not make sense, but you just want to keep that flow going. You don't want to stop that flow. All right. And then next... Then the next one, which is the most important one, I have a student who can quote this every day when we do a class, and it is check the critic at the door. This is not the time when you're practice writing, you're not disciplining yourself. You are letting that critic stay behind. And then I go back to the pen. Let the pen lead. That's who's talking. And then the next is if the issue is big, go with it. So let yourself laugh, let yourself get mad, let yourself cry, because those moments in our heart are, are, the, are the moments we care about. Uh, and one of the most important ones, this is number seven, is think tomorrow. So when you're writing, you're not thinking, you're today letting that energy flow. Tomorrow or in the afternoon, you can go back and think about what you did, but you let it go. And you let it go by not worrying about spelling, grammar, punctuation. We've all been through eighth grade English, and we can go back and fix it. And if we can't, we can get an editor to help us with it. But we don't want to be bogged down by grammar when we talk. And my number nine, say whatever comes to mind. Never in your writing be afraid to use words that aren't polite words. Never be afraid to... To say you really dislike this person and you tell the reasons why, just whatever comes out. Because if you edit yourself as you're writing, you, that genius, that genius will just go away. But you want to just let whatever is coming up come up. Well, one of my favorite start lines is, "What I really want to say is," and then we can get right down to what we need the writing about. And my last, the number 10, I say, let the pen move, let go. So what we're trying to do is to get out of our way and let that genius do all the work, because it's not work at all. The genius is there and can't wait to get on that page. 
Well, you know, when you were talking about the, uh, I think your sixth point, I lost track of writing down these points, but it was in the middle of it where you're talking about just to to uh, just go with it, whether you're laughing, crying, getting mad. And I remember there was a scene from the movie that uh, Diane Keaton and Jack uh, uh, Nicholson. Nicholson did where there has been a breakup and she is just so angry. She's pounding away. She's working on her uh, it to be the big, next big hit on Broadway. Um, uh, and she has been stuck. She has been stuck. She hasn't written in a while, but she is now hard at work, and she is reliving their relationship. And so she's weeping, she's crying, she's laughing, she's pounding, she's angry, she's pissed. All those things, those emotions are coming out, and yet she is typing like crazy. She is writing, 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 writing um, between the weeping, the laughing, the pounding. And it, it's just a great example that when you can do that, when you're in the, when you're letting your emotions um, guide you, it'll flow through your writing and your characters will pick it up. And so what you have is you create dimensional writing versus flat, stagnant writing, which I see too much of. And, and it's so important that you let that, what is real in you come out, because if you are being authentic, if you're having an authentic emotion, you're pounding, you're upset, you're crying, or you're laughing, the reader will have the same emotion. It's like an actor mm-hmm. on stage. Mm-hmm. If an actor is having a real emotion, you and the audience have that same emotion. And it's quite honestly the reader that we want to encouraged to be a part of our lives and a part of our writing. And that's what's so imperative. All right, so I'm going to encourage everyone because we're going to wrap up our fast, fast hour here with uh, Master Writer Muse, Anne Randolph. You can find out more information about Anne if you just go to her website, kitchentablewriting.com. And I would encourage all of you to subscribe to her blog. Rarely is it ever long. It's short and sweet, but lots of wonderful tidbits. And Anne, any any other contact information you want to share? On Facebook, uh, I have a page Mm. that's Anne Randolph Writing Coach. I'd love for you all to like that page. Lots and lots of action happens on Facebook. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And happy writing to all of you. And, you know, all... Authors are writers, but all know all writers are authors. So pick what you want to be. Um, I choose for being authors who are great writers. This is Judith Bryles. We'll be with you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Each 